Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. I'm going to just say this in every episode that you're here. You you came back, Monica. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm here. Um, so uh, please tell us tell us uh, who you are if they haven't been listening to this uh, uh, special series hosted by you. All right. My name is Monica Humberg, and I am a comedian and a storyteller, and I have a podcast called Craig's Lost, which is all about really bizarre Craigslist ads, and that's at craigslost.tv. I also do that show live, and Paul has been lovely. He has come to every single show. It's like such a treat, and I'm like, oh my God, you're here again. And it feels like it's, you know, like consensual, you know? It feels like you, yes, you've I do appeared of your it. own volition, oh, which of is course. really lovely. No, yes. but, you know, as opposed to like... Woo, all right, well, uh, i got to support you because you'd yeah. be mad. <laughs> it's, no, it's real nice. Well, I, I always, um, I, I hope that people come to the some of the stuff that I do because they actually want to come. Right. Not because, like, um, you know, they sort of say, well, okay, I'll come for you. And, and I'm like... Um, no, 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 I don't, don't come then. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I kind of uh, sometimes do feel like that. I, Not I about to... this show, but about other stuff. Yeah. So this is, this is going to segue into what we're talking, what we're, yes. the topic of today. And I'm going to once again use Craig's, Craigslist ads because um, sometimes I wonder, so you, during the course of your show and, and on your podcast and everything, you find these ads. And sometimes I wonder... Why are these people sharing these stories or hmm. these things? Hmm. So that maybe could um, segue you over, over to you to uh, tell us about the topic that you were thinking about. I want to talk today. about why we tell stories. Why? Like why, why do that at all? Because I think that is a topic that you and I have talked about in the context of you being asked that, like, kind of confrontationally, like, why? Why would you do this thing, right? And I mean, I have, you know, obviously that conversation with, you know, my mom or whatever. It's like, well, why? Mm -hmm. Why would you tell people about your life? That's mm -hmm. not what you do. Mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah, I don't know what the answer to that is because um, I've never really thought about it in terms of... Um, it's just been more of a compulsion, you know? Right, to get it out? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, or, you know, the other thing is I think if, if people really were like, you need to stop doing this, <laughs> like on a regular basis, yeah. I would probably stop. Oh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't be rebellious about it. I feel like if someone told me like, you need to stop doing this thing that almost brings out like, no, then I definitely, you're, this is a sign I need to continue. Mm -hmm. But okay. You'd feel like this obviously is not working for anyone. I think so. I, I don't know. I, um, I think what drives it for me is the actual, if it's a good story. Mm -hmm. And I, when we do the workshops that we do um, for the Stories We Don't Tell event, uh, a, a, a question that comes up sometimes, which is not meant to sound the way maybe it does sound, um, is just... Because actually a lot of people come to the workshop, they, you understand the answer to this question mm -hmm. of just like, why do you want to tell this story? Okay. Yeah. And, and I've asked myself that a lot of times. If there's a story I want to bring to the group, I'm like, why do I? And sometimes it could just be like, ah, I just want to tell a funny story. Mm -hmm. It's just a funny, light story and that's it. Or it could be more in, connected to the subject. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, when I was in acting school, uh, sometimes... 
people would do monologues, that was a, a big part of what you had to do, right? Because when you audition, you're going to invariably audition with monologues, especially for theater. And uh, there was this one woman that would create her own monologues, uh, but they were terrible because they were just stuff about her life. Like she'd just start out and she's like, Okay, so it was Friday. I went to the dentist. It was about oh, like I two o'clock. <laughs> and uh, just, what? What were you gonna say? What did you think well, was gonna well, happen? Well, you know, that's what the, the basis of every storytelling event is: is it's people about talking you. about their lives. Right. But I didn't think that you were gonna say. I thought maybe you were gonna say she was talking about some kind of messed up part of her no, life. No, no, that would have been great. <laughs> she just pretty much itemized her life, and what I thought was interesting was that at some point the teacher was just stunned and just said oh okay what what are you doing and she's like oh i'm telling you about my life and she's that's my monologue and then the teacher's like very kindly he was like why why would anyone be interested in this and then she said because it's the life of an artist and i think (laughs) sorry that was you, do, you seem to do this to me once a, at least once a podcast where I have to like kind of just pause and think about what you just said. Yeah, because it's like it's not an automatic, oh, this makes sense. But, but you do go, yeah, it kind of, you're, you're literally like in the literal sense right. she is right that she is an artist and this is her life. Exactly. But but it's not the part of being an artist that people would be interested in, or that's a story that needs to be told. And I think that like that's a good example of like the story you're not going to tell. You know, the stories we shouldn't right. be telling. But yeah. you know, there are other aspects. Obviously, oh, the struggle to be an artist, or the you know exhilaration of performing. Those are all good stories about that topic. Well, well, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think that's an interesting thing that you bring up mm-hmm. because. Um, uh, I won't. I won't uh, name drop any any other events or or, or or things like that. But I've seen some uh, performers kind of have a, a, a spring a really uh, kind of compelling or interest like setup. Like mm. it's like oh, I'm going to talk about this thing yeah, or whatever yeah. it is, and then it's weird what they choose to talk about within that thing, and you just go, ha, well where did this go off the rails here you know but you had an interesting story <laughs> yeah but then again yeah. it might not be interesting maybe that's the interesting that could it could be that it's the interesting part to them it's the part right. they think people will be interested in so right. on i don't know right you want to tell a story that it works for you in some capacity right like if you've right. already told the story and i have a, a hilarious story really it is hilarious <laughs> that um that happened to me when i was 18 and it was this really terrible date but such a terrible date that the guy actually thought he was a police officer and thought we were being chased during the date and and i love that story it was really funny yeah i don't think you so, haven't heard this but sorry go ahead uh, i'm sorry um <laughs> backtrack he like he wasn't a police officer no he was not but he informed you that he was a police officer yeah that he was doing some sort of uh, I guess it would be like, uh, this doesn't exist, but one of those things like a volunteer fire sheriff, but like he was doing that in the police context. This is how I remember it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's with the force in some sense is kind of how what he said. Yeah. And somebody was chasing him. Us. You, oh, yeah. oh, oh you oh, got yeah. wrapped into Oh, this. yeah, I did. I did. So, so yeah. did he think that you would, sorry, I know we're going off yeah, a no. little <laughs> off here, <laughs> I know. I should have brought up something that was just, like, yeah, I can't drop can't that in. You can't just drop that That's a good example of like, I couldn't just drop that in during a story. 
story and have people not want to know those answers. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, well, just... Um, but uh, did he think that this would, like, impress you or... I have no like, idea. Be exciting? No, or? I was very broken mentally at the time. I was about 18 and, like, I didn't need much from whoever <laughs> yeah. was with me. Like, he was he was really useless and I was still there. And yeah. he was, like, not treating me well and I was still there. So he, I don't think he had to impress me. I don't know what he was doing. Like, I don't know what the was happening at all in, on that thing. And I, yeah, and uh, yeah, if we were in a car and he basically said we were being chased by an unmarked vehicle, uh, and 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 this went on for a bit, and yeah, it was. <laughs> you go ahead. Oh no! Just that. Uh, so sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack no, you there no, no, or anything. No. It's real. Um, but you were talking about. Um, uh, I can't remember. I'm still thinking what, what about I was this story. Point. Well, no, what I was going to say was that I told that story, and I told that for a long time, even though it happened to me when I was 18, because it's so weird. Uh, and and it's a good story. I mean, the whole right. complete story is, is quite good. Uh, but after a while, I kind of got sick of telling it. Like, I'd tell it hmm. at events. I would tell it, you know, at, at parties or whatever. And, and then I kind of got really tired of telling it, so that I think I told it on a podcast... And not yours, but another podcast. And then that was like, okay, that's more than enough. Put it to, to rest. Yeah, like at that point, I think I was 39. So I was like, I think we're done with this story. It's been 21 well, years of good stuff, but well, <laughs> memories. What, what do you think about um, the also the idea? Because there was a story that I told um, about a uh, when I was dating a ghost. Right. And it was kind of a, a situation that I was like, it's similar, like, I, I thought it was, I was trying to deal with this situation in a storytelling way, but in a respectful way, because there was also, like, um, elements of mental health uh, mm -hmm. issues involved and everything, so I wanted to figure out a way to talk about this, and I did, and then it was a kind of go-to story for me a, right. a, a few times, okay. and by the time I got to the end of that run, mm -hmm. I, I was like, over the thing that yes. it was about yes so i guess i just didn't really feel it anymore yeah yeah so i was just like oh, okay we're done with this yeah you know? i feel like that's the time where you can't uh, tell the story anymore because you don't your heart's well, not in it you're done and the reason why you told the story is not really relevant anymore right yeah like that's absolutely true and i had that experience when i told this on stage one time where I mean, I was in such a difficult place in my life when I was dating this guy because I was so young and just, like, not okay mentally. Uh, but when I was telling it and I was, like, 30-something, you know, and, and someone came up to me and uh, who ended up actually being a good friend of mine eventually, but she was like, oh, you know, just I just want you to know, like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, like... Um, devalue yourself by dating people like that like you deserve more and i was like that is so sweet but like i was 18 <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah it's not now but then it's like yeah that's true i'm telling a story about where i was at so young and mm -hmm. that's it's relevant on some level but it really was kind of old at that point for it it was like yeah i really was just not, i'm not that person anymore i'm i'm you know yeah at a different place so yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so I thought to to uh, to wrap up this um, this episode, we would actually go all the way back to our very first stories we don't tell event, mm. um, because Stefan actually told a story about 
Uh, I just also miss Stefan. You're wonderful oh, to have here. Oh, but no, I, miss, I, I understand. Um, Stefan withdrawal. Yes. I get it. Um, but, but he actually, it was a story that was kind of about uh, the story, like his sort of narrative of what, you know, it was around his environmentalism and things like that. Mm. But it's like when people say, well, what do you do? This was sort of his response, but then also trying to get behind that response and, and, and talk about it a little bit more. Cool. So it was kind of all about uh, why tell certain stories so let's go to it so how did you start doing this kind of stuff I absorb the question take a glance down at my feet and then back up towards Charlotte the sharply dressed woman who just made my acquaintance I quickly try to assess if this question is looking for a quick two lines and have the pong of conversation batted back or if, it, or if that would be considered a brush off and this requires the real story well, you see, Charlotte, I guess I'd have to say the first inklings occurred when I was in grade 7, and I found myself driven to tears in class because someone else had chosen the band that I wanted to do my music report on. No, I wasn't a big fan or anything, but the fact I only knew that one band, and the fact that, some, that my class would discover that was terrifying. So, how'd you guys start this project? I stand behind a cheap, off-white, foldable plastic table in the middle of Young Street. A man in his early 30s has been chatting with me for a while now, and I know he wants to hear the real story. I'm so glad you asked, sir, because really I think it started with an essay I wrote for fun in the summer of grade 10. It was titled, Why the World Needs Superman, and it was inspired by the latest critically panned Superman movie. In it, I argued that humanity needs a charismatic leader who actually live what they preach, and so I sent it to a friend of mine over MSN, but I don't think she actually read that much of it. She was more confused about the f why I do anything that seemed like homework in summertime. Embarrassed, I never showed it to anybody else again. So, tell me about the Green Sider campaign. How did it start? Paul looks at me over the table as the microphone continues rolling, and I wonder just how real this podcast wants to get. Well, Paul, the story begins with a bit of a statement. I did not feel in any way in control of my life until shortly before my 19th birthday. I cannot pinpoint what it was other than to say that the links between my actions and what around me began to make sense. The black void I had previously been throwing thoughts and feelings into began to clear and shapes emerged. As I began to feel more grounded, I began to feel more comfortable being the person I always was around my family and I embraced the goofiness. And shortly thereafter, a woman came into my life who would be my first love. As a young man still searching for ways to define myself, I bought, in, bought wholeheartedly into this new role. I strove to be a boyfriend that couldn't possibly be fired, and to all accounts, it was a job I was pretty damn good at. So how did you begin your current job? I stare down at the application question and wonder if this box is big enough for the full answer. In a word, fear. You see, in 2010, I found myself freshly out of my first year's relationship and having difficulties reconciling my life and what I was doing with how I saw myself. For the past two years, I was busy learning about love, its beauty, and its harsh realities, and now, with that suddenly, or perhaps looking back not so suddenly, swept out beneath me, I found myself staring out at the world, feeling something I'd never had before, behind. Behind where I thought I would be by now, behind my peers, behind the concept of self I had slowly been building up since the void began to clear. I mean, like, environment and stuff? Charlotte shifts slightly back on her high heels, and I drag myself back into reality, and I take one more quick glance at my shoes, and then decide since I've already kept her waiting, two lines won't be sufficient. 
So it's actually a pretty funny story. Uh, in 2010, uh, November, I had a class. It was my first semester. It was my, four, my third year. And I had a class called Phenomenology. Uh, it was a great retake rate. I was really stoked I got into this class, except it was by far the hardest class I ever took. Uh, it, was one of those, I had, I, it was one of those classes you couldn't actually learn the material unless you actually had someone come up to you and explain it to you. Uh, but the problem was that the class was at 8.30 in the morning, which I'm pretty sure is the earliest class U of T actually offers. Uh, and this posed a dilemma because I kept I either slept through class, which is what I had done for my last essay, and that did not go well, uh, or I, I actually got to class and then fell asleep, which was arguably worse because the class only had about 20 people in it. And the, it got to the, so bad, the professor started actually making jokes about how often I'd fall asleep in his class. And at that point, I was like, this cannot continue. <laughs> this is something I have to deal with. Uh, so I hadn't actually started getting in, I I, I, this is a funny way of phrasing this, but I hadn't started getting into caffeine yet uh, in third year. Uh, and this was the day I discovered that caffeine is one hell of a drug. Because I got, I got, into, I got, I got into a Sid Smith, uh, which has a second cup, for those of you who haven't been to Sid Smith, and I, I, went to say, I, I went to say, I was like, okay, what can I do to wake myself up? It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I barely made it here already. I need to be awake for this class because I, I, I have an essay coming up. And I was like, well, what am I going to do here? I know. This is genius. Shots get you drunk. Espresso gets you awake. This is how this is going to work. So I just I ordered a double shot and just took it. You know, this is like as if this was like you know 12 midnight the night before, and that was vodka and not espresso. Uh, and I just for the next five hours I shook. <laughs> this was me. Um, I just that was and I was wired out of my mind. So I got through the first class all right. The two those two hours nailed them. I have no idea if I remembered any of the information. I know the second essay didn't go it went as basically as well as the first. So I'm gonna guess I didn't retain any knowledge. Point is, the second class after that, uh, it was a class called Religion, Ethics, and the Environment. And in it was, we brought, brought a activist, which I find funny now because he didn't explain what he was activist for or anything. He was just an activist. So that was very funny. Um, but he, what he did was he showed us the last eight minutes of The Cove. I don't know if you've ever seen The Cove. But it's, about the, uh, it's about the dolphin hunt in Japan. And the last eight minutes are basically the time where they've got all the dolphins in the cove. They've sealed off the cove with boats. And they just kill dolphins for eight minutes. There's the entire, the entire cove turns blood red. The eight minutes is punctuated only with dolphin screams. And it's, it's affecting even if you're in the right state of mind. For the kid who's still doing this, it blew my brains out. Uh, and I spent the next three hours of the same class following it, uh, writing out a manifesto of what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into schools, but they don't just let random people walk into schools and talk. You have to legitimize yourself. So I created a name, the Green Sider Campaign. This will work. By the way, it totally did. Uh, and then I, I called up my brother and was like, hey, dude, you want to do this with me? He was like, yes. It's like, sweet. Now we have two people. <laughs> Look how legitimate we are. We're nailing this shit. And then we get... And then I... And then from there, uh, I sent a message to every one of my Facebook friends. So if any of you were my Facebook friends then, you'll remember this message. It said something along the lines of, hey, I want to do this thing. I need to seem legitimate. Please like my Facebook page. <laughs> you don't have to do anything else. Just like it. And it totally worked. Got like 100 likes. It was amazing. Uh, and basically since then, uh, I've, been, I've been doing this ever since. And that's the story. So how did you get into this green stuff anyway? I looked down at my shoes. 
and back up to Chuck, a comfortably dressed man who just made acquaintance. I don't really know. How much time do you have? Thanks for listening to the stories we don't tell. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, where you can leave a comment. You also can like Facebook or our Facebook page, depending on how you feel. You can visit storieswedonttell.org for more information.